Hello and welcome back to the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about all things adrenal glands. So you may be familiar with the term or perhaps the concept of adrenal fatigue. And today I'm going to be framing this concept in a slightly different way, in a slightly different light, because often I guess adrenal fatigue, and I'm saying this in air quotes because it's actually not a medically recognized term, can be blamed for a fatigue experience. There's a lot of information out there on the interwebs about the adrenal glands and often a lot of things are blamed on adrenal fatigue. And I would like to, in a moment, I'll talk a little bit about what adrenal fatigue actually is for those of you who don't know, but how I would like to approach this episode today is really to look at what I would call a dysfunction of the adrenal glands, again in air quotes, as not so much a dysfunction, but rather actually an intelligence within the body. And if we can see the functioning of the adrenal glands as less of a dysfunction and more of an intelligence, that can be quite an empowering shift in our fatigue recovery journey. So let me back up a little bit to begin with, and let's just talk about the adrenal glands, what they are, where they are, and what they do. So the adrenal glands are small little glands that sit on top of the kidneys. So you'll have a right adrenal gland and a left adrenal gland, which obviously sits on top of right and left kidney. And these glands are important for producing certain hormones. The ones we're going to focus specifically on today would be the stress hormones, cortisol and DHA, but they also produce a certain amount of sex hormones. So for example, progesterone, estrogen, and actually just a little fun fact, when a woman is going through perimenopause or is menopausal, the majority of progesterone can be produced via the adrenal glands, obviously not perhaps to the extent that the ovaries or um, the corpus luteum, shall I say, can produce progesterone, but we can get a little bit of progesterone being produced from the adrenal glands, which is why it's always important to check that we are in fact actually ovulating. And um, then the adrenal glands also produce aldosterone, which is involved in the regulation of blood pressure, electrolytes, and the fluid balance within the body. And that can also be quite important um, if someone has more POTS type symptoms and they're experiencing a lot of dizziness, moving from sitting to standing, um, because we need good and healthy blood pressure for that. We also need good and healthy blood pressure to get blood to the brain so we can oxygenate the brain and the brain can get the nutrients that it needs. So regulation of blood pressure, really, really important. And we also don't want blood pressure to be too high as well. But as I've said already, is the main hormone we want to focus on today is cortisol, the body stress hormone. So cortisol is produced in the adrenal glands and cortisol should technically be produced in a biorhythm. So we should see a peak in cortisol 30 to 60 minutes after waking. And then cortisol should, in a healthy, normal functioning person, decrease throughout the day 
and um, start to drop off in the evening as we begin to produce melatonin at nighttime, and, and that helps us get to sleep. So we do want our adrenal glands to punch hard, as I like to say. We want a strong punch of adrenal output in the morning. That is the shift from you know sleeping to waking. It is that get up and go to start the day. Cortisol is an energy mobilizing hormone. So when we punch hard with cortisol, we're mobilizing energy in the body. That could be taking stored sugar out of the liver, for example, and putting it into the bloodstream to be used as energy. Or it could be mobilizing fat from our fat stores so we can use that as energy. So you can see that we mobilize a lot of energy at the beginning of the day to get going. But we also need, I guess, healthy adrenal function to mobilize energy generally, which is why low energy or fatigue can sometimes be blamed on poor adrenal output. But I'll talk more about that in a moment. The other little unknown fact about the adrenal glands or cortisol more specifically is that this sort of biorhythm of cortisol, this punch in the morning, is quite important for modulating the immune system. In a healthy, normal, functioning human being, the immune system is a little bit more active at nighttime because in the daytime, the body is busy doing daytime things, cognitive functioning, moving around. And at nighttime, when you're asleep and the body is at rest, then there's more energy availability for the immune system to do its little cleanup job for the day. So I'm not necessarily talking about a disease condition. I'm just talking about the general day-to-day -day jobs of the immune system tend to happen at nighttime. I like to think of it as um, you have these like big offices in London or whatever, and they're so busy in the day with you know people doing things and everybody's at work, and then at nighttime the buildings are empty and maybe that's when the cleaners come in and clean the office building. So your immune system is the same; it should be less active. And unless you obviously have an active infection at the time, but it should be less active in the day and then more active at night. But cortisol is the hormone that switches off the immune system in the morning again. So that big punch or big surge we get in cortisol within 30 to 60 minutes of waking in a healthy person. Um, that says to the immune system, okay, immune system, it's daytime now. We're going to begin our daytime activities. You've done a great job cleaning up the offices overnight. Now you can rest until nighttime comes again, and then we get an increase in melatonin in the evening, provided we are not exposing ourselves to bright light and lots of stimulation. And, um, and so we create this biorhythm, which is an ebb and flow of the immune system, an ebb and flow of metabolism, ebb and flow in hormones, and all these other important body processes. So having a healthy and normal biorhythm of cortisol is quite important for our immune function. And if for whatever reason we're not having this big punch in cortisol first thing in the morning, or there is a disruption in our cortisol response throughout the day, so for example, cortisol too high or cortisol too low, that can have an impact on the immune system because cortisol is anti-inflammatory. can also have an impact on our metabolism and our energy availability. 
But really what I want to focus on today is how a lot of people will sort of explain away fatigue with this adrenal model. And I'll talk a little bit more about the model and also talk a little bit about a different way of seeing the model and um, how we can use a new model, this idea of intelligence instead of dysfunction, in terms of informing how we support a body that is experiencing fatigue or maybe experiencing some disruption to the adrenal rhythms. So the sort of model that I learned when I was studying was that we have these different phases of adrenal response. So we may have the alarm stage. So the alarm stage is, happens when there is an initial threat. And typically the alarm stage is associated with an increased cortisol production, not just in the morning, which would be normal, but throughout the day or an increased DHEA, which is one of the other adrenal hormones, both of these hormones rise up. And in the short term, actually, this is intelligence. It's mobilizing energy. It's creating an anti-inflammatory effect. And, you know, ideally, the stress or threat that the body is experiencing is short term. We deal with it and then we move on. But obviously, if this alarm stage is sustained, that can start to compromise or impact the body because it's taking a lot of energy to sustain that alarm response. And so that's when we would move into the resistance stage of adrenal dysfunction, in quotes. Um, and the resistance stage is, like the name suggests, there's some resistance to the adrenal hormones. So just like many people will be familiar with the concept of type 2 diabetes, perhaps where we get insulin resistance, we're making insulin, but the body needs more insulin to have the same effect because the cells are resistant to the insulin. The same can be true for our adrenal hormones, cortisol. We need to produce more cortisol than we did before to have the same effect. And so therefore, if you were testing this, for example, you might see that you have large amounts of cortisol produced throughout the day, but there might be a slow dropping off of DHEA. It, it really depends sometimes yes, sometimes no. So that's the resistance stage. And then the final stage is if this resistance stage cannot resolve the threat, then someone may enter what we call the fatigue stage. And that's where we would see a lower than optimal cortisol production, perhaps low DHEA, but sometimes I see um, very high DHEA in this sort of circumstance as well. So it's not a given that DHEA will be low too. And this is what is kind of called adrenal fatigue and which kind of suggests that the adrenal glands are tired so to speak or they can't produce enough cortisol and this is kind of the first place where we want to say well if the adrenal glands couldn't produce enough cortisol surely that would be a medical big big medical crisis that would be something like Addison's disease which is an autoimmune disease where someone cannot produce enough 
cortisol because their immune system is attacking their adrenal glands. And people with Addison's disease can be very, very unwell. And obviously, you know, there are people who do have Addison's disease. That should be something that you see your doctor to rule out if you have any concerns. But in this sort of more generalized model of adrenal fatigue, it's not actually that the adrenal glands can't produce cortisol. There might actually be a reason why they're not. And that reason could be intelligent. So here... What we kind of want to think about is we know the role of cortisol is energy liberating and it's also anti-inflammatory. So if we think of, first of all, this idea of the resistance stage, the body is producing a lot of cortisol, which is anti-inflammatory, energy liberating. So this suggests that the body is doing its best to overcome some sort of inflammatory situation. If cortisol levels are high, maybe there is an intelligence to that elevation. There could be a threat or an ongoing perceived threat in the body. And therefore, if we see this elevation in cortisol, you know, the traditional model would maybe say, oh, we need to you know, reduce your stress levels as much as possible and regulate your nervous system as much as possible and maybe take some herbs to suppress your adrenal output. And some of that could be useful advice. If somebody is highly stressed, if they're experiencing a lot of nervous system dysregulation, we definitely want to support them with those things. But if there is some sort of active threat going on, maybe a microbe or a toxin, some sort of infection, blood sugar dysregulation, we may really want to consider what does the physiology need, the internal physiology need, so that we can see some threat resolution or some resolution of the inflammatory environment. We also think of um, cortisol remembering it's an energy liberating hormone. So there may be a need for more energy for threat resolution. So actually, if we're taking supplements to suppress the cortisol output or reduce the cortisol output, is that really helpful if the body needs energy and if the body needs to reduce the threat or re reduce the level of inflammation in the body? Probably not. So instead of going in directly and trying to reduce cortisol levels, we want to think of, well, this is an intelligence in the body. The body is doing its best to resolve some sort of inflammatory situation. How do we support the body to do that? And it might be working out, well, what is triggering the inflammation and really going to the root. So in this case, it's less about adrenal support and more about zooming out and looking at the bigger picture. The next thing just to think about now is this idea of the adrenal fatigue stage, where I've already said that you know, the adrenal glands are not necessarily fatigued. If they really needed to, they probably could produce some cortisol, but there may be some intelligence in why they're choosing not to. And here again, if we zoom out and we think that the adrenal glands are receiving messages from the brain, the adrenal glands are receiving messages through the nervous system. And so maybe there's a reason why 
the adrenal glands are being asked to stand down, shall we say. And again, thinking of the role of the adrenal glands as an energy liberating hormone or the role of cortisol, shall I say, as an energy liberating hormone, if the adrenal glands are being asked to produce less cortisol, maybe the body is asking to produce less energy. And this may be an intelligent request from the nervous system, from the brain, maybe to apply the brakes. Because if we're really busy doing things like a million miles an hour, we maybe have some active threats within the body and we go, 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 go. And we've got loads of energy to just keep on going and going and going. We probably will because that's the way the world is culturally set up. And that's the way a lot of us have been conditioned to operate. So sometimes the body has this intelligence. It knows better. And maybe it will say, well, if you're going to keep on going like this, how about we just slow that right down and we make less energy available to you so that you just take a rest, you take some time, you give your body the space for recovery and repair. And then when the time is right, we'll, we'll start making a little bit more cortisol for you again. So obviously that's just one kind of um, idea of you know, the communication in the body. And so here we may just want to think about how this would usually be supported in practice. So in practice, if we saw somebody with poor adrenal function or adrenal fatigue, then we may say, okay, well, we need to boost the adrenal function. We should take glandulars or herbs, which increase cortisol output. But that may actually be going against what the body is asking for. It may actually be going against this um, innate intelligence where the body is asking to apply the brakes. In terms of this new kind of understanding of adrenal fatigue versus adrenal intelligence, I'll hold my hands up and I'll say I, in my early years of practice, which was you know, almost 15 years ago now, I used to do a lot of adrenal testing. And if you're wondering how you test your adrenal glands, for the most part, you can do a saliva test. So you can test your saliva levels first thing in the morning and various intervals throughout the day. And that kind of plots the graph so you can see if you get that biorhythm, that peak in the morning and then decrease in the evening. There's more sophisticated tests now, which will also allow you to test your CAR, your cortisol awakening response. And that's the sample done as soon as you wake up, 30 minutes later and 60 minutes later to capture that adrenal punch that I've been referring to. And there are also urine tests. So the Dutch comprehensive hormones test does a urine adrenal profile, or you can opt to do the car saliva option with that test as well. So there's a few options. And whenever I had clients come in and I said, this was about 15 years ago who were experiencing fatigue, I'd be like, right, we must do an adrenal test. We must see what your adrenal glands are doing. And then we'd say, oh yes, you're in the alarm or you're in resistance, you're in fatigue. Here are your supplements to boost your function or reduce your function and off you go. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, I did have clients who would feel some benefit, but given we were doing 
other things as well. We're working on blood sugar, which is working on a little bit more lifestyle balance, sleep, you know, all those things which are just generally supportive for the body. Who knows if it was the supplements or who knows if it was um, something else or a lot of the herbal supplements we would recommend for adrenal function are also anti-inflammatory. So maybe there is some benefit from supporting the inflammation in the body, which then allows the adrenals to self-resolve. Who knows? But that was very much, I was very, very passionate about adrenal testing at my in my early years in my career. But as I've moved definitely into this chronic illness space, specifically specializing more in CFSME, fibromyalgia, autoimmune conditions, if I am doing adrenal testing, the thing that I'm the most interested in is the CAR, the cortisol awakening response. So I just want to know, can my client's adrenal glands punch? So do they, when they um, wake up in the morning, are they getting that surge in cortisol that is required for biorhythm, for telling the immune system what to do? And if not, then we need to start to restore the circadian rhythms of the client. And that's not necessarily about using adrenal supplements. In some cases, I do use adrenal supplements, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But it's actually about morning light exposure, using some cold therapy in the morning, meal timing, exercise in the morning if that's available to them, and also evening routines. So creating a wind down routine in the evening, making sure there's no blue light exposure in the evening or at least reducing blue light exposure in the evening. So it's less about adrenal supplements to restore the cortisol awakening response and it's more about um, using the biorhythm, the light exposure, and then what's happening in the evening as well to find a healthier rhythm in cortisol production. Additionally, whenever you're doing these adrenal tests, it's just a snapshot. It's just something which is happening on one day. And with women, especially we can maybe be more or less stressed depending on where we are in our cycle. So earlier in the cycle where estrogen is lower, we can be a little bit more stress sensitive. Later in the cycle, if you've ovulated, if you've got good progesterone production, maybe you can feel um, a little bit less stressed. And then there's also just day-to-day -day fluctuations. You know, if you've had a really bad night's sleep because you were worried about something and you you know, the, the dog is sick or there's an issue with your children, work deadlines, you know, whatever may be going on in someone's life, you may see a variation in your adrenal output. So for that reason, I'm much more interested in just, does this person have a biorhythm? Does this person have a surge in cortisol first thing in the morning that then enables them to punch hard tell the immune system it's daytime now and then create those contrasts in immune function that are necessary for our health. So then 
If I am doing adrenal testing with a client, which I do still do because it is often included in the Dutch hormones test. So it's just nice. If you are going to be testing hormones, you may as well get the adrenal profile and just see, is this person maybe producing low cortisol or are they producing high cortisol? And then you can decide, well, is this person more in a breaking state? And how do we support that zooming out and looking at the bigger picture? Or is this person more in the need for inflammatory resolution state and how do we support that so in the past I would recommend supplements to clients depending on if they were high or low but what I found was in practice is that it didn't really make that much of a difference and often when clients were retesting that the test results would just be the same and Additionally, and this may be familiar experience to some of you, is when you are working with a chronic illness like a fatigue condition, you often have a lot of supplements to take. And sometimes we need to just prioritize what is the most important system to be working on right now. And so especially if you're doing some sort of detox protocol or some sort of digestive rebalancing protocol, those are going to be where you want to prioritize your supplement intake and then taking another couple of supplements to support the adrenal glands just adds to that overall supplement load and it just gets too much. So my preference is to sort of keep clients focused on one thing at a time and maybe if I can you know have them taking you know four five six supplements sometimes they may need a little bit more sometimes my clients take less depending on where they are but supplements are expensive um you know they can be really effective when carefully chosen but they do cost a lot of money if you're buying good quality ones it can be annoying to have to remember to take them all the time and it's just a lot. So we really want to minimize how much someone is taking as much as possible. And if we're looking at prioritizing, adrenal supplements just aren't often at the top of the priority list. So I don't recommend a lot of adrenal support in my more complex cases. I might do in less complex cases, just because there's maybe a little bit more flexibility in terms of what we're doing, because they're not trying, we're not trying to support so many other body systems. So then the final thing I wanted to say here is that, and I'm going to actually do another episode where I speak to this in a little bit more detail, but when I am testing clients with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, some sort of chronic condition, I see a variety of adrenal tests. So some people will have very low adrenal function. Some people have very high adrenal function, and it doesn't necessarily correlate with their symptoms. In my own personal journey, I did my very first adrenal saliva test in 2009. That was about a year and a half after I had moved to the UK. I was feeling, well, I thought I was feeling fine. That's a complete lie. I was feeling awful, really tired, foggy brain. Actually, a lot of the fatigue symptoms I would identify with as part of my CFS journey, although I didn't have CFS at the time. But when I tested my adrenal glands, it was just like a flat line across the bottom of the graph. I had very, very low adrenal output. And then later, about seven years later, 2016, when I was beginning to sort of circle the drain and enter into this chronic fatigue syndrome pattern, shall we say, I did another adrenal test. And at that time, life was 
possibly a lot less stressful, but my um, adrenal test was really, really high. I had very elevated levels of cortisol, yet I felt the same symptoms that I had felt about seven years earlier. So we've got seven years apart, similar symptoms, very, very different adrenal output. So we can't always say that all people with chronic fatigue syndrome have low adrenal output and you know people who don't have chronic fatigue syndrome have high adrenal output it is very variable and therefore adrenal testing is not something that i always prioritize when looking at these complex cases as i said if it's in the dutch test then it's a nice to have i might use it to make some decisions but it's not going to be the big big thing that i focus on i prefer to zoom out look at the bigger picture address those big rocks that i've spoken about in some of my previous episodes and then let the adrenal function normalize as we get maybe further along in the journey and someone is taking less supplements and we're just looking at maybe sort of some sort of maintenance basics yeah maybe i will use some adrenal support or if the only thing someone has going on is an adrenal imbalance and you know their gut is working well, we don't need to do a lot of work on detox, it's mainly just a lot of lifestyle factors which are still contributing to the fatigue, I might give a little bit of adrenal support in the form of herbal adaptogens to just give someone a little bit more resilience while we work on those lifestyle pieces. So that is my approach and um, I really don't believe that you fully heal your chronic fatigue syndrome just focusing on the adrenal glands and I hope the explanation today has made that clear. So that seems like a good place to wrap up today and I would love to know your thoughts. You can always reach out to me on social media. Let me know what you think. Have you done any adrenal testing? Have you been working on your adrenal glands? What has your level of success been? Feel free to reach out and let me know. And then finally, if you are enjoying these episodes, I would love to ask you to leave a review on iTunes. It just helps to improve my podcast rankings, which means that people who need to find this information are more likely to find it. But until next time, wishing you well and have a wonderful fatigue recovery day.